Yo, what's up, people? I'm your host, Jay Will, and I would like to welcome you to Inspire Guys People, where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. This is episode 219. What is it called? Music, business, and ministry. I got a guest today, Courtney Moore, that I'm going to be talking to. Um, she is an entrepreneur, a worship leader, a singer, producer, um, but she's the founder and CEO of the music firm in Detroit. Uh, the music firm Detroit is in, uh, located in Livonia, and we're going to talk about her business. We're going to learn a, a lot about her journey. She is, um, like I said, a minister, so she's been involved in the church world, in the music world, in the business world, and y'all know this show is all about balancing faith in business. I've watched Courtney from afar, and I could tell you um, she carries herself really well, her business um, is a very dope business and something that I'm like, man, once I get back into music a little bit, I need to find a way to um, get myself over there to the music firm in some capacity. Uh, but I'm looking forward to diving into her story today. As y'all know, in general with Inspire Guys people, we've been talking a lot about death to poverty. So you can look forward to that type of content to continue to come as well as, you know what I'm saying, following us on YouTube at Inspire Guys People. But look, we're going to dive into this conversation today, man. And I want y'all to like, share, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. But today is all about learning about Courtney Moore and her journey through faith and business. So without further ado, my people, Courtney Moore, what's up? How you doing, sister? Hello, I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Welcome to Inspire Guys People. Um, I know that... Um, you know, it's a Monday, busy day. Mondays are crazy. <laughs> so I got you here on a Monday, but we gonna have a good time. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm gonna jump right into this, Courtney, and mm -hmm. kind of diving into a little bit of your story. We talked a little bit um, off air and like, you know, the fact that we're both, you know, in Detroit on the music scene, sounds like we probably been around each other, but never really officially met. So this is really dope, like to, actually get to meet somebody that I just have seen on the internet and probably been around in real life at different events. So nice to meet you, Courtney. Nice to meet you too. Nice to meet you too. And thank you again so much for um, having me on your show tonight. I am no just, I'm so happy. I'm just happy. No doubt. So look, you do a lot of things from music, ministry, um, and business. I want to start, let's start on the, the, the ministry side, right? Okay. Like, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Just, um, you know, did you grow up in church mm -hmm. or were you someone that kind of like, you know, grew up, you know, out here in these streets and then had to find a Lord. What was that journey like for you? Just, uh, you know, coming to the Lord and, uh, what's your journey like been just in ministry itself? So I grew up in church. Um, my mom was um, back in like the late 80s, early 90s. She was prevalent in music ministry, singing around different churches. And um, so when I was three months, she had me like going around churches with her, you know, because she like, look, this is what I do. I'm, about to, I'm not about to slow down. So I'm about to be carrying this baby with me everywhere I go. And so right. um I mean, music ministry was just embedded in me. Ministry was embedded in me. Um, but but more so, my mom taught me how to worship God. Um, she taught me the, the elements of worship. Um, she taught me um, the beauty in corporate worship. 
And one thing she would always tell me, um, you know, back in the you know early 90s and stuff, it wasn't prevalent, you know, for a lot of that's when the church was kind of making the transition into like the prophetic sound and to worship and everything from, you know, the traditional sound. And one of her biggest things was she even, you know, would send me to, you know, uh, multicultural schools and stuff like that. Her biggest thing was when we get to heaven, there's going to be all kind of people in heaven. So her biggest thing when it came to worship with me was making sure that she um, developed a sound in me that could reach all people. So, um, and it started really, really early with with my mom for me. Yep, really, really, really early. Um, you know how you a church kid and you stray away and you do your, <laughs> you know, you do your stuff and you stray. I mean, come on, I strayed away. Don't want to listen and don't want to, you know, do all that kind of stuff. But truly, I am a product of train up a child in the way that he should go. She should go. And when she is, he is old, she is old. They will not depart. So, you know, I am a product of that. And um, I've been in the church all my life. I um, come from uh, Greater Ebenezer under the Murphys. So that's definitely, you know, where we've crossed paths before, you know, 100 percent. Yeah. And um, as you know, that 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 church or that family is very big in worship and music and stuff. So it was just it just happened with me. Yeah, so yeah. it just, okay. it was just bound to kind of happen. I just, the uh, it just fell on me. <laughs> I love that. Like, yeah. I, so I got two follow-ups to what you just said. Like the mm-hmm. first thing I'm curious about, this is like mm-hmm. a little, you know, maybe sidebar-ish or mm-hmm. whatever, but it's interesting to me mm-hmm. that that small lesson your mom taught you mm-hmm. about worship and mm-hmm. how heaven will be and reaching our people. Mm-hmm. How has that impacted you just, as you've grown through life, right? Um, you said, did you say you went to multicultural yep. schools yep. and things like that? Can yep. you tell me a little bit, like, like what was that like and how has that impacted you having those multicultural experiences and maybe that perspective, um, you know, how has it, you know, impacted your life? It was tough growing up. It was definitely tough growing up because although that's the way my mom was, um, at some point in my childhood, she became a single parent. So she um, relied heavily on my grandmother and my grandfather. And my grandmother is from Mississippi and my grandfather is from Tennessee. So he's like, oh, I don't trust these kind of people. I don't know why yeah. you got to go here. I don't know why you got to, you know. So it was it was difficult. Um, but my mom, you know, saw who I would, you know, one day become. And so even with her making the decision to send me, and not just me, but my sister as well, but to send us to multicultural schools, um, it was just to cultivate what she knew we would be, what what she knew we, we would become. And so it was very, very, you know, difficult um, living almost in two different cultures because at church, all my friends are black. <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. And at school, you know what I'm saying? It's only two or three of us. I just didn't, I just did not fit in. You know, it was just, it was, it was, it was quite a time, but um, I wouldn't take anything for my journey. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm grateful for the experience um, because it has um, really blessed me to be able to, you know, know the heart of all people. And when we're talking about worship, um, primarily corporate worship. I think sometimes that's where we um, not miss it, but it would be to our benefit that we understand um, 
the heart of the people so that it's easier for us in corporate worship to get people all on one accord. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, understanding if, if I understand your heart and I think that's what we're seeing in things like Maverick city and, um, you know, Chandler Moore and, we're seeing this intertwining Travis Green with Elevation Worship. We're seeing seeing these sounds kind of intertwine, but that's because we've got two different cultures or two different, you know, backgrounds really getting to understand each other's hearts and understand how we worship. You know, because that's the and, biggest thing. I'm sorry. What better place? No, you good. It's mm -hmm. like, no, that's great. Like it's like mm -hmm. what better place? And I love that because. I believe as the church, you know, we should be leading like mm -hmm. the narrative in the world. And mm. I think that's a powerful narrative of like to have, you know, think of heaven on earth, right? Like think of that concept of like versus only reacting to the negative side. We know mm -hmm. the things that happen and you know, look, my grandma, one of my grandmothers is from uh uh Alabama, <laughs> Kansas City. Mm -hmm. Two of my grandmas from Alabama actually. Mm -hmm. So you know, I understand. I think sometimes we don't we don't take a step back and actually think about where their perspective is coming from. Sometimes mm -hmm. we just take the baton and carry it. But there are elements mm -hmm. of like, yo, I get it. I get it. Grandma in Alabama, mm -hmm. you know, in the 1940s, like that's a wild time. I would never argue you. Mm -hmm. but I need to push this forward. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that's dope what your mom did for you, because I'm sure as a business person, right, like mm -hmm. as you've grown, like you have to mm -hmm. be able to reach and connect with other other cultures and people, both in ministry and in business. That's why I love business because it's not a bubble. Absolutely. You know, otherwise you kind of stuck in a bubble. So that that's that's uh that's that's pretty dope that, that your mom um kind of took that route with you. Yep. And then you know when you when you talk about like growing up in church, I'm curious because I grew up in church too. Mm -hmm. Like what do you think for you Mm -hmm. What's the pro and what's the con of that experience? Not that you would ever like, I don't have kids, yeah, yeah. but like, not that I would never tell my kids like, oh, because of the cons, I don't want you to grow up in church. And no, I'm just saying from having that experience, I have in my mind a couple pros and cons. I'm curious how you feel just going through that experience. And like you said, kind of wavering in and out and, and everything like that. Like, what are the pros and cons in your life of, of that experience? So one of the cons for me, um, and this is a con that I'm praying to just be completely released from is thinking that the four walls or the church that I'm at or the churches that I'm connected to are the world. And that's it. So yeah. we don't understand life outside of the church. Um, we don't understand um, certain levels of professionalism. We don't um, understand business or we don't understand, um, you know, a lot of other things because we've become so, uh, our mindset is just church, 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 outside of church. We don't know how to, it's almost like we create we create this hub, you know, I don't want to call it cult or nothing like that, but we create yeah. like this, this, it's, it's like, we're, sec sure. we're secluded. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and then we have that secluded mindset and we don't know anything outside of church and the people that we're with, you know, even relationally, you know what I'm saying? So that's, that's um, one of the biggest cons that I see. And um, 
I believe that it's also one of the reasons why God thrusted me into the music firm the way that he did. And I know we'll probably get, you know, you know, to that in a minute. So I don't want to move ahead of you. See, here go to church in me coming out. You see what I'm saying? It's I, I will never forget my first real job. Like my first dopest job was with U of M. And um, it was like my first professional job. I was um, a patient care tech for um, a vein clinic. And it was the most prominent vein clinic in the region with the best vein doctors um, ever. Shout out to Dr. Emily Cummings, Dr. Lisa uh, Amatangelo now. Shout out to y'all. But they're still my they're still my friends. Uh, shout out to, to Valerie. All y'all. What's up? What's up? What's up? But the best job that I ever had. And I'll never forget. Um, I was talking to one of the young ladies that worked with me and I said, um, absolutely, because if I'm breaking bread with you, then you must mean something to me. And she just was like, what? <laughs> she was like, what are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, what? You know, so it's like, and I, I knew then, like, this is just, I'm too churchy. Like I'm too, I'm, yeah. God can't you even use me here because I am just too in this bubble, you know? Yeah. So that's one of the biggest cons. The biggest pros will always be, and I'll say this, some of my best friends are in the church. I mean, them school friends, they came and they went. But them church friends, that fit, when you grow up in church and you 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 got them people that are not your biological aunties and aunties, but they your aunties and uncle, I'm sorry, your uncles and aunties, but they are your uncles and aunties. Yeah. They remain that for forever. So one of the pros for me has been the relationships, you know, that have that I have, you know, uh, developed by being born and raised in the church. I mean, you just don't get that kind of that kind of kindred, that family, you know, unit. Um, it's been a beautiful thing. And it's something that I even encourage um, my friends or, um, you know, other people like, hey, them, those church, somebody said covenant. Yeah, those covenant relationships, those those covenant relationships, those, Carla Boo, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I, I, you know. Yeah, no, that's that's dope. So both yeah. of those, just like, you know, going back to the con a little bit, I mm -hmm. think I, I couldn't agree more, right? Like, mm -hmm. so, you know, the interesting thing for me to personally, I grew up in both home church mm -hmm. and, you know, traditional church mm -hmm. between my mom and, and dad's home. Mm -hmm. And so like, you know, how, home church is completely different than traditional church. And so mm -hmm. to your point of culture, right? Mm -hmm. I kind of related to... Um, people who are bilingual. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm so intrigued. Like I was in Mexico um, mm -hmm. a couple weeks ago, mm -hmm. and um, you know, I listen. I watch a lot of YouTube videos because I'm trying to I'm trying to learn Spanish like in my spare time, just on like YouTube or something. It's not going mm -hmm. well, by the way. But, <laughs> like, Keep at it, my brother. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't want to get an impression to nobody that I'm actually doing a good job with it, mm -hmm. but it's it, you know it's it's happening and um. So, but I relate like the, the church experience and culture to like somebody who's bilingual. Mm -hmm. um, when I was in Mexico, I had um, 
what did I say to this? I, I don't know if it was just Ola or whatever. It was something basic that I said to one of my waiters. Mm -hmm. And his eyes lit up and he was like, oh, oh, Espanol? I was like, no. Mm -hmm. <laughs> don't get excited. And so right. my point, though, is like, that's kind of how we are when we grow up in church sometimes. And I, this ain't like, you know, hopefully people take it for, for the context of what we're saying. Right. One of the cons, right? Right. Whereas you grow up and you learn church mm -hmm. and you know it and you know mm -hmm. how to navigate it. Mm -hmm. But then the rest of the world, sometimes you have to be bilingual. And, mm -hmm. and it doesn't mean you have to do the things the world does. Come on. But you need to know how to navigate. The Come world, on. Right. You have and to. Come on. Some of us can't even minister to people or grow professionally or whatever, or grow our own businesses without that crutch. Mm -hmm. And the one thing I'll say there too is like, the one trick, the one tricky thing about church is it is it also produces a lot of opportunities. So like my family, my brothers, most of my a lot of my family work in church. Mm -hmm. So that can be a crutch because if your salary coming from this place and mm -hmm. your your position, everything, you almost don't have to operate outside of the church sometimes. Nope. And so it can limit you. Um, but then I also agree with the pro, right? And it's kind of mm -hmm. weird they go hand in hand. The relationships, yeah, it is kind of weird the opportunities, right? You know, that you mm -hmm. have is, is, is kind of dope, kind of cool. Mm -hmm. Um, shout out to the people showing you love out in the comments. Um, yeah, you just definitely dope to have you. So, learning a little bit about your background, obviously, mm -hmm. just in in ministry, knowing that mm -hmm. you grew up in church, mm -hmm. um, kind of talked about like wavering away. Mm -hmm. All right, I'm curious what you think about this. This is mm -hmm. one of my cons when it comes to growing up in church, mm -hmm. and it's gonna maybe sound weird. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'm jealous of people who got saved when they were older, and here's why. Like, when you grow up in church and you go through those experiences of wavering and, like, those struggles, there can be a lot of pressure because a lot of times you already, you were already in church. You already know the Lord. So that guilt and, like, that running <laughs> away and that backsliding is, like, it's hard to deal with versus, like, somebody who just out here wilding out. And then it's like, oh, I'm 25. You know what? I love God. And they kind of get that fresh start of like, you know, not saying they won't ever go through that too, but I don't know if I don't know if you feel that way, if it was hard for you when you were making mistakes, maybe the pressure, reputation, family, like it's so much that comes with trying to uphold the responsibility of what people think of you sometimes when you when you are a good person growing up in church. Right. Absolutely. I mean, that that has been, I mean. The Bible says all have sinned fall short of his glory, you know, so yes. that has been, you know, my testimony on my journey as I have, you know, fell short in areas, you know, when you fall short and you, you know, finally decide, OK, this isn't the path that I'm supposed to be on, you know, and the Lord starts reeling you back in, you know, you kind of do look up and you be like, wow, you know, I'm kind of envious of those that, you know, live their life. And now they're 30, they are, oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, but they done got a chance to club. They done got a chance to date and, you know, do what they wanted to do. They got a chance to freely, you know, explore life and live life. And so I think, um, you know, our, our biggest thing is um, balance and, and really understanding, you know, balance. And um, I hope that's something that we can do 
um, for this generation is instilling them as much as we instill, you know, the church principles and the principles of God and everything that we also instill different scriptures that, you know, are in Ecclesiastes that talks about, you know, nothing new under the sun. And because there's nothing new under the sun, there's no time to waste. Live your life, have fun. You know, those types of things should be preached, um, you know, within reason so that that enviness, you know, that, that, that envious or that, you know, that time where you are kind of looking like, well, dang, you know, shoot, I'm trying to recover all. And this person, you know, absolutely. I've been there so many times. It's, and it's, it's tough too, when you come into um, the real realization that God does want you to be happy. And God does want you to enjoy. He said, I put these things here for your benefit, you know? Um, So, and that's, that's a whole nother topic, but yeah. yeah. But, but it's a good point, right? I love what you said balance because to me, that's what, that's the thing that sometimes get missed. Mm -hmm. Um, We have to give each other grace, Mm -hmm. but there's obviously a thin line between like nobody saying we want to promote sin. And I think that's Mm -hmm. what's tricky because, Mm-hmm. What I notice is a lot of people live on extremes. Mm-hmm. So they're either like, man, it's like they believe you should do everything or it's like, hey, do nothing. And right. I, I do think we have to find a way within the biblical context. Um, I do think there is a way to 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 kind of have that balance without mm-hmm. going too far, having mm-hmm. discernment, knowing when you're going too far. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, look, that's the beauty of life. Life is not this um black and white so yeah. easily easy to navigate you know yeah. there's gonna be things that you have to struggle through whether you grew yeah. up in church or not absolutely um, that was just one of those random things so for you like okay we heard a little bit about kind of life in ministry i'm really mm-hmm. curious um how you got let's go music because i know you played a lot of instruments you done done everything from mm-hmm. produce i believe mm-hmm. you're a worship or or no you're a lead musician now mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. just talk about like your life through music and how you've navigated mm-hmm. and grown and maybe share some of those experiences because it sounds like you have quite a few musical experiences yeah um, you know that have probably shaped who you are today wow um i've always now don't get me wrong my mom you know is my musical hero she was a um wayne state um, music major. She actually majored in um, liberal arts, but minored in music. And so when it got time for me to go to college, I'll say this and then I'll I'll come around and answer your question. Sure. Um, she said, now look, you want to do music, but I'm telling you now, you are not cut for Wayne State <laughs> music department, okay? Wow. okay. <laughs> because you got to study. She said, it's like going to med school. So what I'm going to do, what I'm going to do is I'm going to send you to this Christian school said, here we go again. It's multicultural. I think she always thought that I was going to be an artist or something, or, you know, she just always saw bigger, you know, and um, always tried to push for that. Um, But with that being said, uh, with her being one of my biggest musical influences, she made sure that we were, um, you know, that we reached other people, you know, other races of people. But my mom made sure I understood the importance of other genres of music. Okay. So um, I am a lover of music. I love music. 
Okay. Um, it was my mom that introduced me to Motown. It was my mom that introduced me to Mozart, um, Genopity. It was my mom that introduced me to the Hawkins family. It was my mom that introduced me and told me the story of Maddie Moss Clark and the Clark sisters and how she tried out for the choir and all these different things and all these just different, all these different stories um, about uh, the maestro coming up and um, how my bishop, who was a uh, Bishop Murphy Jr. He and her, and they went to Wayne State together and how they would, would be going around doing groups and choirs and they was the baddest thing, you know? And so it was my mom. And so she really um, is the reason why I love music so much. And so um, when I was younger, I was so just artsy and I, I kind of wish I could almost get back to that, you know, um, before life, you know, start life and life start happening. I was so, mu you know what I'm saying? I was so musical. I was so creative. And um, my love for music was so evident. I think it was more excused when I was younger, you know, to be able to um, branch out. Oh, my God. Did y'all hear little Courtney? She playing. Um, uh, listen as your day unfolds, challenge what the future holds. <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just just musical influences. Um, Midnight Train of Georgia, and then don't let hip hop come out. Not just, mm -hmm. I mean, Arrested Development. I mean, all of these just different things um, until I start showing trouble in my, in my teenage years. And she realized, okay, you going to sleep to this stuff? Because I loved music. I mean, when I tell you I loved music, I loved it. Like I would listen to something and cry. I loved music. Like right. don't, <laughs> I loved I it. Like I loved it. I would listen to something and it would just have me in a chokehold. And my mom like this. Okay, this is a little bit on. This is a little bit unhealthy. And so I was showing some um, issues in school. You know, some of them, them those bad days, and. Um, when I came home from school, I had all of these posters in my room, right? So I come come home from school one day and I go in my room. All the posters are in the garbage. Love it. <laughs> all of my CDs, all of my CDs. I'm still mad. All it. of my CDs are broken in the trash. And she's Man. like, we getting ready to change what you letting. Because now I got to be mama bear. And I got to guard what's coming in your spirit because your call is bigger than just music. You, you're, you're not going to just be someone that does music, but God's going to use you, Courtney. And I have, and so that's been, that's, that's one of my biggest wrestles to this day. When I get to that place, cause I'm, I'm, I'm starting to get back there with music where it's like, okay, Cause I'm mature enough spiritually. So it's like, I'm about to listen to cool like that. It's cool. Like, I'm about to just, I'm about to, you know, and the Lord be like, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, um, I still wrestle with, I don't want to say wrestle, but there's the call to ministry and there's, you have, when you're called to music ministry, there's a difference. Some people are just called to music. But when you're called to music ministry, you have to protect what goes into your spirit. So that's been my love. That's been kind of my I love it. <laughs> over the years um, 
uh, when it comes to music. I, I did study music. Um, I did go to the disc to learn um, studio engineering and production. She sent me there. Um, minored in music at, um, majored in business, minored in music at uh, Rochester um, Christian College in um, Rochester Hills, Michigan. Um, then I started to pursue um, a career in music therapy. And then God was like, nope, you got to do the firm. Okay. So you it's it's really dope. Like, first of all, your mother, that was a mastery level of parenting to me. Mm. And um, that's not, you know, again, I don't have children, but mm -hmm. I, I'm the oldest of nine siblings. Mm -hmm. So I've, yeah. I've seen a lot of yeah. parenting. I've seen a lot of parenting. <laughs> so, um, and I got 20 nieces and nephews. Woo! So, uh, yeah, um, a couple of my brothers, you know, they got families of like four or five. So that knock it out right there um, right. halfway. Right. But um, shout out to my family. But my, my point is like, that's a mastery level of parenting because I just see mm -hmm. it around me. I, parents, mm -hmm. I've seen my parents, they struggle with sometimes that balance of like, yeah. you know, when yep. to just like, when to get a little, show a little tough love to your children. And yeah. you said something super important mm -hmm. about the need to pr protect your spirit when you yeah. are in certain positions. Sure. And I think as believers, that's one of the ways we have to mature. Mm -hmm. Not every message is a universal message. Meaning, mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is like, you'll see somebody argue like, well, what's wrong with this? Or what's wrong with that? Well, mm -hmm. it's like, well, it's no different than if, if I'm a doctor performing surgery, mm -hmm. then it's a big deal if I got Laffy Taffy on my fingers. Mm -hmm. But if you, you know, just at Cedar Point, then mm -hmm. do what you will. You're not a doctor. You're not in mm -hmm. surgery. And when you are in ministry and you're mm -hmm. doing things at a certain level and with a certain um, intention where you want to mm -hmm. have that impact, you do have to guard yourself. Yep. And it doesn't necessarily even mean, like you said, you're struggling through it. I've struggled through similar, mm -hmm. like I can relate to that 100% because mm -hmm. um, you want to be genuine and, and protected in what you're doing. And you also Absolutely. understand that the power of something, because if, if I'm creating something and I'm saying it's powerful over here, um, the in the Bible, in Ecclesiastes 1 and 18, it's one of my favorite scriptures. Mm -hmm. and it says, with, what, with much wisdom comes much grief. Mm -hmm. And people don't understand sometimes when you have wisdom, you can see the you can see where something leads and it makes it challenging so thanks mm -hmm. for sharing that i believe that's gonna help somebody mm -hmm. um now mm -hmm. what can you tell them just a little bit sidebar about like what what instruments do you play or did you play um and did that come natural or was it like learned like i'm curious is this musical ability like your mom did music you mentioned so, having yeah. a sister is it like yeah. family or is <laughs> that something you learned my mom my mom was the most musical person you know in my family um, okay. the, the most musical person in my family. But as far as like playing instruments, um, you know, it started off just in church, you know, watching, you know, I don't know why I was drawn to, instead of me being drawn to directing the choir, I'm drawn to the musicians, you know, ain't no other little girls by the drums waiting on their turn to play, you know, but I'm right, right. waiting on my turn like the other little boys, you know, waiting on their turn to play the drums. And I, they would give me a turn. You know, they would they would give me a turn. And, um, you know, my mom saw that and she would, you know, buy me instruments and different things. And um, the musicians at the churches saw it and they didn't treat me. No, they didn't treat me any different. And once I found out at an early age that I had an ear, 
you know, that I had an ear, I just like I would just pick up. I used to just carry a acoustic guitar around with me everywhere. And sometimes my mom be like, OK, you can't take that, Courtney. Not to where we're like, well, right, mama, right. why? Why? You, you can't you right. can't take that, you know, you and you're not about to just sit, you know, somewhere and just fiddle on that. She used to just be so irritated with me, you know, very peculiar kid. Very if anybody on here remembers me as a as a child, very, very, very different. And you okay. know, um, so it started off with just fiddling on an acoustic, which I did not cultivate that because if you know anything about um like anything about playing an instrument if you can't just devote your entire life to it you know you better pick one that you <laughs> that you right. better that you better on right. or the one that you love the most and so piano for me although I can play drums I can't can play a little bit of acoustic guitar I can play a little bit of bass um I can play the violin um Yep, yep. I can I can play the violin. Um what else? I'm really sleeping on I don't like do you have stuff recorded or something? No, I'm really sleeping on your music. And that I I mean I'm curious. And I'm very, I'm very, I'm very um I'm very like low-key with it. It's you know, it's a little insecurity there, you know, too, when it comes like to the other, you know, instruments. But um keys, keys is my like, you know my my love i love the piano i love how it sounds and so that's the one that um just just stuck with me that's the one that i that's my main instrument and that's what you actively playing right yep that's what i'm actively playing yep for sure for sure shout out to Mm -hmm. everybody in the comments uh yo i don't know if this a family or friend this carla uh carla that's classic Carnival. Those are it. those are those church friendships that I was telling you about. Yeah. You might not talk every day, but oh my goodness, the love, the love. You know what? On that on that um, line of thought too, because you you mm-hmm. talked a little bit about those relationships earlier. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I want to just kind of shine a light on something just with the church in general, a mm-hmm. positive, right? Mm-hmm. And the church it has so much opportunity mm-hmm. that, like, you talk about that experience of sitting and waiting on the drums. It's like my brother mm-hmm. Jarrell, you know, mm-hmm. Jarrell hits play the drums. Mm-hmm. Darius started in drums. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my family, Dominique was singing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Mama Peggy sing. Like, mm-hmm. my father was choir director. So I grew mm-hmm. up around all that, and I mm-hmm. I played the drums in school. I never was a church musician, but mm-hmm. um, I know that feeling of watching my brothers wait. Mm-hmm. now my nephews same mm-hmm. thing like why waiting to play the drums and mm-hmm. one of the beautiful things about church mm-hmm. is it gives you an opportunity to find something you're good at mm. like that's one of the positives of growing up in a church because yep. you'll go to school yep and sometimes kids ain't doing nothing like you like in church you like oh man i didn't by 12 i didn't already led songs in the choir yep. play drums yep. dance, spoke mine yep. like so it is a that's one of the beautiful things about church culture growing up there. And then the other thing about Detroit church culture, mm-hmm. and I'm just thinking of this hearing you talk about mm-hmm. some of your experiences. Mm-hmm. Like we really are in like gospel Hollywood. And it's like sometimes yep. we don't realize like the richness of the people and the names and the talent, like just to yep. grow up around all these people that 
you know, go out and make it and do big things in ministry. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things I think Detroit don't get talked about enough of like the people who are from here in the music world mm -hmm. and the fact that like, you know, we are friends and family with all these people, like, you know, mm -hmm. that, and they going out and traveling the world and, you know, major names. So I love that about Detroit where you like all the big gospel names, like, oh yeah, I'm on the basketball team with this one. Oh, I go mm -hmm. with this one. I go to church mm -hmm. with that one. So that's super dope. Um, transition a little bit into the business um you know kind of you've heard about your you know background in ministry background in music both of those are rich you talked about going to college at rochester college which mm -hmm. I, I graduated from oakland university right around the corner from rochester college so um, woo, woo. Dep depending on what years we might have crossed paths in that in <laughs> rochester i'm not gonna put us out there like that but right um Talk about a little bit of the business world. Now you find yourself as the founder mm -hmm. and CEO of the music firm. Mm -hmm. you know, tell us a little bit about how, how did that come about um, and what your journey and ventures have been like in business in and of itself. So um, you talked about coming from a family of musicians <clears throat> or family of people, excuse me, that are in music. I come from although I don't come from a family of people that's in music, I come from a family of business owners. Business right. is engraved in my blood. Okay. So I love business. I love everything about it. I love the, you know, economical um, principles of business. I live by them. I teach them. I, I teach my, my teenagers, um, when they come in here for music, I find ways to intertwine business principles with the music. Is oh, what you, I do. I have new favorite people. Now. <laughs> like, this is you in my world. I love business. I have a book out now. Um, I wrote this in 2019, but it's it's out. I don't really advertise it, probably like I should. But um, in here, I have a whole chapter about my love for music. I mean, my love for business and the intertwining of music and just basic business principles that have nothing to do with money because if you know anything about business money is just a result of we ain't gonna go there but no, <laughs> business so business isn't business is in my business is in my blood my father um <clears throat> was a, a business owner um in the 90s he owned homes um he and my uncle actually painted baker's uh bible bookstore um when they were laid off at the um what ford so when they would get laid off ford would do their layoffs they would go and they would um you know they would go and do handyman work you know because they just were so business-minded he owned homes um he was in real estate um my mother comes from a background of business. Uh, my mom was a taxpayer advocate. So she would advocate for people that owe back taxes, more so in businesses, that businesses that owe taxes, she would advocate for them. Um, and then uh, my family, we own a group home to this day where oh, we, wow. um, yeah, where we house um, women that um, have mental disabilities. And um, we have, one here and then one of my cousins have reached out and done an expansion in Arizona so 
business is in love my it. blood. I love numbers. I love everything about business. I remember one time I was standing in the, um, <laughs> you know how you go to a prophetic church and they do the prophetic presbyteries. And mm. this one guy ain't going to call no names. He was accurate, but I, I ain't going to call no names. He goes, he goes, what do you do for a living? Here I am. I'm thinking I'm getting ready to get, you know, a word <laughs> about, yeah, prophesy too about the piano because, you know, or music right, right. or something. Right. And he goes, I know you play the piano, but why am I saying you could have been an accountant? Wow. I used to, I used to just take numbers on a calculator, just going, going, going. I asked yeah. my mom how to, um, how to compute my own taxes at like 19, 20. So I, I've been computing my own taxes since mm -hmm. I was 19, 20 years old. So business, the concept of business I eat it, I drink it, I sleep it, I wake up to it. Sometimes I can't turn it off. It's just oh, I can't. Sometimes oh. I can't turn it off. Oh, I'm so just cool. always just thinking of ways, you know. I love um, that. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't meet many people that talk about business with a glow in their eye like you just did. But when I tell <laughs> you, like, this is my life. Like, I literally love business. Business is so underrated. Mm -hmm. And like understanding it, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And, and the mm -hmm. principles. I'm curious for you, like, where does that? All right, obviously, your your father, your mother, like you, you've been around business in family business. Mm -hmm. But like, I guess I'll, I'll say this for me, a lot of it is the principles that I think that mm -hmm. people overlook that come from business. Mm -hmm. And you were about to make a statement, and maybe this is a better way for me to get the answer, uh, mm -hmm. ask this question. Mm -hmm. You just said money is just a result of dot, dot, dot. And I want you to finish that <laughs> sentence um, of, of what that means. And can you unpack that a little bit? Money is just a result of what? Money is just a result of the resources that you create to generate it. That's all it is. That's all. Just because you get a lot of money don't mean you or that you're a business owner um, because you have to have, you have to understand how to build. You have to understand how business is built, how it's framed. And if you have the mindset to understand how businesses are built, how they're framed, um, how they work, the money will the money will be a result. <laughs> it's just a result of how you of how you framed and how you built, you know, your business. I see a lot of people nowadays, um, or nowadays, like I'm my grandma or somebody, but I see a lot of people, you know, and we all do it to some extent. I've done it with this, you know, um, but I've been convicted as well. We'll take, you know, uh, we'll get an idea. And we'll go get some T-shirts. We'll get a logo. But we have no no business because we haven't started the framework. You know, um, we'll start working on those outside components, but we don't really know. Um, and I'm going to steal this from one of my business mentors, Marcus Limonis. You ever heard of Marcus Limonis? I haven't. Okay, Marcus Limonis, he goes by the, the three P's, process, people, and product. Process, people, process, and product. People and product. Right. If you do not have a process for your business, 
everything folds. If you do not understand the people that you're working with, that you're working under, that you're working for, your consumers, then your business will fold. And if you have bad product, so that can even be um, services that that falls under that that line of product. So if you have those amazing three P's money, you don't have to worry about that. So I think we try to go after the bag with yeah. no strategy. So that's why on my shirt, I have the music firm, but on the back of it, it says strategy secures the bag. I love it. Um, I love that both in business and personal life, because mm -hmm. to your point, right? Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people struggle because you said this is an important thing. Like mm -hmm. money is the result, right? Mm -hmm. And when people chase the result, mm -hmm. they don't understand the input. That's right. And so if you do these things, you know, like, you know, I just did a show and I, I um, and we don't have to unpack this at all because um, mm -hmm. it's super controversial, maybe, especially on the surface. But I said mm -hmm. money does grow on trees. Mm -hmm. and I have a whole anybody that want to check it out, go to mm -hmm. Inspire Guys People on YouTube. I got a whole <laughs> 20 minutes talking about how money does grow on trees. But mm -hmm. the mindset is just essentially that money is a seed mm -hmm. and seeds grow fruit of their kind. If sure. you plant a seed in good ground, mm -hmm. it grows fruit of its kind. And so mm -hmm. if you focus on the planting and where you're planting and how you nurture it, that's like the parable mm -hmm. of the sower. It's like mm -hmm. you can have the same seed, but if you plant it in bad ground versus good ground, and I think mm -hmm. what happens to your point is that mm -hmm. when you don't have a strategy in business mm -hmm. or a process, mm -hmm. that's bad ground. Yep. Even if the idea is good. It's yep. like, you know, yep. well, how are you going to do that? And I think a lot of people miss that. Why do you think, um, and this this is to hopefully help someone. I'm not sure. asking this question Absolutely. to be negative. Absolutely. What do you think it is that, that is blocking people from seeing that? So like, especially like in the church world yeah. where ideas, again, because of that opportunity and access, people just throw ideas mm -hmm. left and right. And we put God on it mm -hmm. without understanding business. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's not going to work. Mm -hmm. But what, what's mm -hmm. blocking us? I'm trying to, I'm trying to like break down that barrier. What would you tell someone that mm -hmm. has been having bad ideas? What are they missing in particular um, to understand how to start a strategy? Um, I think they just don't. We just don't know. All of us, because there were, you know, just times where I wanted to do different things and I just didn't know. You know, I did not know that this idea is good. You know, I've written the vision, I've made it plain, I've pro I've done all that, I've shouted, I've, yeah. you know, stumped, I've commanded heaven, you know, and I've wrote the vision, and I've made the vision plain, but we're, we miss, the church sometimes can miss the practical, and I think for the, for the church, that's where we miss it, okay, you've done everything on the spiritual side, but the practical, God is still very much so practical as well. You know, yeah. you have to have a process for whatever you are going to build, whatever you're going to start. Like, for instance, if you want to start a group home. You have to have the licensings for that. You have to have the correct home. You have to be able to, you know, um, know the right people. You have to know exactly what kind of people do you want to house. 
But then once you take it from there, you have to process. You have to go through the processes. What's going to be your process for intake? Because what we do is we do that and then we advertise. We get all of these great websites, all of these great different things. And when people start coming, we can't retain them because we have no process. What is your intake process? It's utter chaos because you're kind of learning as you go. And don't get me wrong. You're going to learn as you go regardless of where you are in business, but those processes that you know you put in place, they're built to secure and to make your business sustainable. Yeah. It's the sustainability. Hey, look, I love that because sustaining something is important. Like we focus on obtaining. Like, mm -hmm. all right, I want to obtain something, and you yep. get it, and then yep. you're like, all right, cool, I got this business now. I started, yep. and we we don't know how to sustain it, and then. Yep. We end up just going from one thing to another because, mm -hmm. like you said, we don't we haven't focused on the education part. And that's right. really what it comes down to is right. I always tell people you have to respect. I respect the craft of anything I do new, whether I'm doing mm -hmm. music, podcasts and whatever it is. It's like I respect this craft. And I think my my biggest thing about us as believers is we're in a very tricky world. And I'm going to tell mm -hmm. you. It's because we think when God tells us something, it means that, all right, tomorrow you about to just, uh, the, the, the prophet, the prophet <laughs> said you're going to be a business owner. And we start walking in that, but we're not looking at the word. Mm -hmm. Joseph received his dream um, at 17 years old. That yep. didn't come into fruition until he was late 30s. Yep. Um, David was anointed as a king at around 15 years old and didn't even touch the throne into his 30s. And so what yep. happens is we get anointed. Mm -hmm. Like we fit in, oh, you anointed to do such and such. And mm -hmm. we start walking around like we've been appointed. It's mm -hmm. like, hold on, bro. Mm -hmm. You anointed, but you still got to, you still have to live life, grow and be mm -hmm. prepared and ready for that. So um, I, I love, I love what you're saying about that because I think that's what helps us again. This show is really about breaking down those barriers yeah. and trying to help people um, kind of see the trees through the forest, um, yeah. so to say. Yeah. Yeah. Now, tell us a little bit, you know, you talk about the music firm. Tell us about what the music firm actually is. You know, I got I, yes. I printed it out because it's dope. <laughs> I, want you to, uh, I don't want to do it injustice. Um, so I'll let you kind of explain the business. But I love what I see um, both online and we got the website is the music firm Detroit.com. So y'all, please make sure y'all go woo, check woo. out the music firm. And um, Courtney's going to tell us why. What do y'all do, Courtney? So um, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I always knew that I would be, you know, some form of an entrepreneur. Um, but I'm just so ever grateful that I can put my two loves together, music and, you know, business. I, I, I love them. So I'm, I'm enjoying the journey, although the journey um, has, its, whew, has its ups and its downs. My God, you know, but... Um, I'm doing what I love. I'm doing my passion, you know. And um, with that being said, I started the music firm. So that awesome job that I was telling you about, they ended up, U of M ended up closing our department. They ended up making the decision that they were going to just, you know, because you know of U of M hospital. So they made the decision that they were going to just take what we were doing and move the doctors to the hospital and use the staffing that were at the hospital. So we kind of all just um, either they put us in other clinics or we just, you know, they paid us for a month or so and was like, you know, sorry, you know, that type of thing. So it kind of pushed me into this place. But as we were um, 
and I had always had a heart to train up, you know, and to just, you know, um, help musicians and singers um, kind of understand the balance between that music and that ministry type of thing. And I was, people was just calling me out the blue, like musicians, assist, can we talk? You know, can we talk? I'm consulting and I don't even know <laughs> that I'm consulting. So right. at that point, you know, as my job was transitioning, I remember I would be asking for like breaks on my job so I can go and talk to pastors who was looking for musicians. And I noticed it's like, you, you're looking for a musician, but you're looking for a minister of music. You're not, yeah. you, you, you're asking. So there is, there it is supply and demand. You can't get what you need because you don't understand your demand. Yeah. There go that, that business model again. You yeah, don't, 100%. you can't, your, your vision can't be supplied with what it needs because you're demanding the wrong thing. You're at, you're looking for a musician and these musicians are not staying because now you're asking them or requiring them to sing, to, to preach, to do all of this, but you just hired them to be a musician. So, oh, okay, I'm a, okay, come by my office. I got a $150 check for you. That was, you just helped me. And I'm like, again, the money is just a result <laughs> of yeah. what, of what you do. So I was like, is this, is this a, is this a business? Like this is, this is something, this is a ministry. This is some type of ministry business. So I was, um, do, I was already functioning. And so we were getting ready to transition from the job. And my manager, she was like, so Courtney, what are you going to do? And she was a Christian. She was a believer. I said, I don't know. I think God is calling me to like, like this music ministry consultant type of thing. And she said, I see it. You know what it should be called? I said, what? She said, the music firm. I said, yo, wow. that is so dope. The next day, I gave her my two weeks. Wow. The next day, I gave her my and two weeks. What year was this? This was twenty, the end of twenty fifteen. Wow! So this was the end. Eight over eight years old. Yeah, it'll be nine years yep. at the end of this year. Wow! Yep. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. It was the end of twenty fifteen, and at that moment, it was just kind of still in this infant stages, um, and um, I was still functioning, still helping pastors, still you know. Um, counseling or, or consulting with worship leaders and whatever, and kind of sending pastors what they needed and all that kind of stuff. And um, I went to my mom, of course. I said, mom, I, this is what I've been doing and look, look what I got. She said, so you know what you got to do? You got to go down, you know, to um, downtown. You have to register your business name. Once you register your business name, I'm, I'm, we're giving, we're, we're giving some goodies right yeah, now. We're giving some are. goodies. I'm about to tell you what you do. I'm about to yes, tell you, you what are. you do. You go down with your, with your, with your city, you register that name. Once you register that name with your County, then you go to the IRS website and you get your EIN. You register your name. Once you register your name, you get your LLC. Once you get your LLC, now you are a business. And so, business. and that's what I did. That's, that's what I did the next day, the next day. Um, and so at that point, um, after I did that, I went and got some brochures made. And, um, at that time, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get to where we are now at that time. Like I said, it was just kind of the music firm was, it was like the music firm worship consulting. 
And it was just like, I was more so kind of give, cause I was in school pursuing my um, degree for um, music therapy. Um, and so it was more so just doing piano lessons for people, for people that wanted to play in churches, but didn't have the, um, you know, the musicians could show them. So that's what the firm was about. It was just about lessons. It was just about doing consulting. Okay. So then we fast forward, we fast forward to, um, the pandemic and right before the pandemic, my mom drops a, a bomb on me and she said, Courtney, I'm sick. I say, okay. I said, well, mom, you always been sick, but you always, you know, come through. She said, no, I'm sick. I said, I, I've got an incurable cancer. You know, and um, I'm gonna need you. And I came off my job and um, I stopped the firm so that I could take care of my mom. And, um, you know, she paid, paid, paid my bills for me. Um, yeah, I took care of her. And right at the beginning of the pandemic, I would be, um, I was still like, I had a couple of like little lessons because it's like I'm the type of person, I'm not about to just let nobody take care of me. You know, so I still had a couple of like little lessons I was doing virtual. And so my mom and I, we were back and forth at the hospital, back and forth, going through just oh, so much in the pandemic, chemo, just all this is just was crazy. And so she said, Courtney, she said, I'm going to help you. She said, what I want you to do is, she said, this is what I see for the music firm. And she said, I got to do this. She said, I, I have to do this. This is my last, my assignment. She said, you're consulting, but she said the music firm is a firm. That means you're not just one thing. You're a firm. She said you offer, you're a resource center. So she said your music ministry is just an aspect of the firm. She said, but as you consult and as you send all of these pastors and tell them what they need to get for their audio and what they need to get for this. And you send them to the guitar center. She said, they need to be able to come to you and get everything under one umbrella. She said, so we're going to make this a firm. She said, I want you to go and I want you to find a spot. And I want you to find a good spot and we're going to put the music firm. We're going to do this. Wow. And so I began to, I was just like, okay, I had to move quick. I began to, um, at that point, our, again, we talked about that framework. We began to change from um, just in one vein to opening up to the world. Wow. Becoming a business or a ministry in the marketplace, not just, you know, um, literally in the marketplace, not, you know, um, you know, just in the church, in, in the church in the just background. in the background. Yeah. yeah, that type of thing, you know. Um, and so she said, I want you to find a place. Long story short, took her to one place. Her and my uncle, they didn't like that place. Mm -hmm. Took them to this place. She said, that's it. She said, this is the place. And so from that moment on, we got started. And so um, it morphed into us being um, able to connect um, our customers and our clients with instruments if they wanted to buy from us after we consulted um, to us being. So what we are now, this is let me slow down what we are now. So we morph from there into what we have now. And what we have now is um, a music store. We have an online store. 
we do offer um, music production. Um, we have a rehearsal space. Um, we are more so on the production side. We're more so um, pre-production and post-production. We get like um, artists' songs ready for like the real producer. You know, um, some of the, yep, some of the leg work. Um, we help artists with some of the like the beginning stages, um, making sure that their songs are ready to be presented to the producer, making sure that um, the producer or the artist has scratch tracks for the producer to work with. Um, that's more so what we are. Um, we do have our music ministry program. We do music ministry consulting. Um, I have done sound design. Again, um, I'm certified in that. My mom sent me to, my mom sent me to the disc. Love it. <laughs> she sent me to the disc. So although that's been, you know, 2008, still, you know, um, it's a part of um, what we do. We also pri we do offer um, private lessons, and um, that's about it. So Love that's it. a that's enough. <laughs> yeah, no, but and us being a firm, that's how we started. That's how we we kind of morphed into what you see now. Again, we have a rehearsal space here. Um, we have um, audio sales. We have um, you know uh, we do private lessons, and we do do some recording here. Look, what I, I love the fact that you know a like, you, I know your mom plays such an integrate. Um, part in your life in general yeah. and for her to have that impact on your business right yeah. um you know going from grabbing you when you were going too far in music yeah. um to then it, it was like kind of guiding you right and this show yeah. like you know i say it in the intro yeah. um you know we're here to guide you to your purpose balancing yeah. faith in business to guide you to yeah. your purpose and yeah i think sometimes we overlook the need and the purpose of a guy and i mm -hmm. always think about movies like i mm -hmm. i try to look for meaning in everything like mm -hmm. everything and one of my favorite movies growing up was the karate kid yes mine too people, are you feel me like, yes tell people like mr miyagi was so dope because he was giving daniel jewels like straight gems in life but it didn't look like it so like mm -hmm. when he had daniel washing the floor and washing the car painting the fence and daniel got frustrated like yo i came here to learn karate, karate. why am i painting the fence but mr miyagi was able to show him like it's the fence that teaches yes. you karate and yes. it reminds me somewhat of what you said about bit money money is that result yep and so many times again we have the focus on money from the stand in the negative sense and i spend a lot of time on this show talking about finances from a healthy perspective mm -hmm. but that negative unhealthy perspective about money is to love it and look at it and chase it and you'll do anything for mm -hmm. it but if you focus on that purpose that god mm -hmm. created you uh for and really focus on perfecting your craft yeah yeah you know, you can produce that, but it takes those guys. So I just want to say shout out to the guides out there. Yeah. The people who play a role in, in, in people's lives to just kind of nudge them or, or, you know, have them paint a fence, but you really teaching them karate. So I, I think that's really amazing. And I love what y'all do. Like, um, I know one of the things y'all do is like people can rent out a live rehearsal space, I believe. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. That's yep. dope to me. That So that was the thing that caught my attention. And I mm -hmm. haven't been actually been back to writing music myself a little bit lately. Okay. I'm like, man, I got to get I just haven't been 
perform in music at all. But yeah. I'm like, man, I got to find a reason to rent that space out just because <laughs> I love the concept um, of what you do. And I and, um, just want to tell people it's in Livonia. So to yeah. our Detroit, Metro Detroit area musicians and artists out there, I know that you need somewhere to rehearse for these gigs and these events that you have coming up. And this is your the music firm Detroit is definitely something worth um, supporting and checking out, not just because I want to say this, a lot of times we talk about support, mm-hmm. like just the support. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, nah, it's because it's dope. <laughs> it's, it's because you have that. Thank you. Plan, you know what I mean? So so I appreciate that. And shout out to the people in the comments, Kenneth Hayes. Um, hey, he said that was the goat of teaching movies. I feel it. Facts. Um, look, Courtney, I've definitely um, enjoyed talking to you today. Yeah. Before we yeah. get out of here, um, if you could just tell the people out there you know what are some pros and cons of being a christian entrepreneur and kind of wearing that right um Mm. what what kind of advice can you give out there for those either aspiring christian entrepreneurs or or those struggling with doing what god called them to do because the world make it look so much better just to like put your christianity aside and go after that. What kind of advice or, or um, experience can you share that will be valuable to somebody in that position? Well, the first thing I could say is something that God said to me. You know, when I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm I'm kind of out here, out here. You know, I'm I'm a minister. You know, so some people, you know, they 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 trying to elevate me to different things, and I got these secular artists coming in here to to rehearse. I mean, I've had some 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 um some uh prevalent gospel artists in here as well but what do what do i do and who he said courtney for god so loved the world not and i think in the church you know we hear like the world and we just it's derogatory you know yeah, it's like yeah. it's, it's derogatory it's like the world don't be the world you know but yeah. for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whomsoever should believe on him shall have eternal life and not perish. So as a Christian entrepreneur, you have to love the world. And when we say the world, we mean the people. Yes. We don't mean the, the world in its demonic influences. Right. That's, that's not what we mean. That's not what God so loved the world means. It doesn't mean that we love the kingdom of darkness that comes with the world. No, 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 no. But for God so loved the world, even the atheists, even the the rock star. I mean, I've had rock groups come in here. You know, um, I had a student, you know, that had dark side on his laptop, you know, and I just asked him, I said, what's up with dark side well that's just my dj name and that's just my this and that's just my this and i was able to minister to him and i was able to you know kind of just tell him you know what that what he was drawing to himself by having that on his laptop and the next time he came to his lesson he didn't have that but i don't know if he would have gone got that from in the church so it's like You have to know as a Christian business owner that God has called you to change the world. 
He's called you to impact the world and to make a difference. And um, that's just what I intend to do. I intend to make my mark on the world. That's what I intend to do. I love it. I'm going to tell you what's dope about that, right? Because these these are things that I call necessary struggles. Like me, mm -hmm. as believers, there are some necessary mm -hmm. things that we should struggle through in mm -hmm. great areas in life. And I love the fact that you explained that clearly. Um, mm -hmm. And one of the reasons, this goes back to the business and the mm -hmm. being bilingual, right? Mm -hmm. like we learn the church way, mm -hmm. sometimes to a fault where mm -hmm. we can't operate outside of sure. it. Now, for me, one of the advantages that has helped me see this is Again, a partially being home church as I was growing up, because mm -hmm. it kind of has church without, you know, some of the extra things, right? Mm -hmm. um, which I'm not saying it's good or bad. It's just a mm -hmm. different experience. Mm -hmm. um, but then also, you know, I've been in corporate America since the day I graduated college. You know, mm -hmm. and so working at a Fortune, you know, 100 company and kind of growing my career and working on, you know, with, with various people. It, mm -hmm has taught me the business side, right? Mm -hmm. And then understanding that a lot of business is about you mm -hmm. being true to your brand. So the example mm -hmm. I have is, you know, let's say you work at a fast food restaurant and you're a manager. Mm -hmm. You can be a Christian and do that. Yeah. Now you shouldn't be a Christian and do that if they would cause you to do something outside of your Christianity. Absolutely. But you can give an atheist a piece of chicken. Absolutely. Right? Like it, there's nothing sinful about that. And so, I love what you kind of outlined in your business is because you are clearly Christian. I read your website, like it is there, right? Yep. And sometimes we focus so much on the people that we're ministering to that it's like, hey, like they not saved yet. Right. right? And, and, right. And so, but we have to be careful about positioning ourselves. And I think some of us make excuses to put ourselves um in positions that we can't handle and i'm gonna say mm -hmm. this i'm gonna be quiet um you know i always think about like a lot of times when people talk about these type of things mm -hmm. they always talk about going out into the world but they're mm -hmm. really talking about going out and doing things that they actually like doing <laughs> it's like yep. god called me to the club oh you in there dropping it too so i don't think that's <laughs> where he wants you but right god right will call us to those places. I know people that go outside of abortion clinics and things like that. Like Absolutely. the world needs ministry. Yep. But the world needs you to be a minister. That's good. There's so many of us oh, go that's out good. there and we're not ministers. That's we so trying good. To like, it's like, bro, you got to, like God could call you here, but sometimes he going to call you places you don't like. We always think he calling us to the places we enjoy. Like, so I just love that you broke down like the fact that like, hey, this is a business. And that's what I love about business because it yep. teaches you how to speak that language and to yep. do it fluently yep. in a way where you're not compromising your Christianity to yep. service and provide this opportunity, but also meet and talk to people in the world. So thank you for sharing that. All right, Courtney, before we get out of here, any, what's the, you know, I'll give you kind of the floor for any kind of um, last words that you want to share with God's people out there. I have thoroughly enjoyed um, this. And again, for anybody who's maybe catching this live towards the end, mm -hmm. um, this is going to be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Um, really, I want you to go to YouTube at Inspire Guys People. Uh, we share daily clips um, every every day, every other day, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. To the people who are watching on Instagram Live, mm -hmm. sorry, that's the one place I can't see your comments live. I kind of hate how Instagram does it because 
I can't see the comments to the end, and then once the video ends, I can't respond to them. So um, I always see a bunch of comments and people talking on Instagram, and I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. But Courtney, for you, before you get out of here, what is the last thing you want to leave the people with about, you know, you, whatever message um, that you have to kind of inspire the world? If there was one last message that you were um, giving the people um, to inspire them, what would that be? One last message, I would say, always keep God as the center of your life, the head of your life, but follow your dream. Follow, well, not but, but in addition to that, follow your dreams. Follow your dreams. Go after it. Go after it. It's never too late. You know, you're never um, too far gone. You know, go after your dreams. Go after what it is that you want to do and 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 don't stop don't stop I love don't it. stop thank you so much courtney sheree moore you have been <laughs> listening to the show um y'all check out the music firm detroit.com um follow courtney on social media where can they find you i got you at yep. courtney undercourt underscore sheree on instagram is that instagram yep that's instagram and then for um facebook it's just my name courtney sheree moore Y'all check out Courtney Sheree more and the things that she's doing. Courtney, please do stay in touch. Don't ever hesitate to reach out to me. Thank you for, I saw a first time uh, viewer down here, Don Michael Horton. Thank you for watching. Thank you for everybody in the comments um, showing love to Courtney. I saw your people was in here, um, you know, showing a lot of love. So thank y'all for tuning in and please do stick around. We got a lot more things like this coming, but um, this has been an amazing time. So y'all have an amazing, amazing, amazing,